our heads just a moment while we pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight with the humbleness of our hearts, expressing with your gratitude for your goodness and kindness to us. We poor, unworthy creatures, and one time alienated from God, without hope, without mercy, without Christ. And Jesus died for us to redeem us back to the fellowship and relationship with God, and now we're sons and daughters of God. We are not yet sure what we shall be finally at the end, but we know we are going to have a body just like His, or we shall see Him as He is. We pray that you will bless this group tonight, exceedingly abundantly for all your goodness and their mercy and their thoughts and love tokens. And tonight, as it seems to be the other meetings loudest, that we must journey on to another city. As our Lord said, I must go to another city and preach the gospel. But, oh, God, someday we are going to meet when we will never part again. And that's the city where there will be no night services. It will be buried, for the Lamb is alive, and we long to see Him, who is the light of the world, and the light of that great city. And bless us tonight in our efforts, and help your Poor, tired servant, Lord, with not much voice left to speak to the purpose of your blood. But believing that you will meet us here and will have it, and we will praise you for it. For we ask it in the name of thy beloved Son, the Lord Jesus. Amen. May be seated. I wish to express my most sincere thanks to Dr. Rizzo and to the cooperating pastors of the city and the roundabout who have dismissed their services for this campaign. It's with gratitude and a heart of love that I pray that God will bless you exceedingly abundantly in doing this. And for your real Christian feeling towards the work of God that he has sent me to do as your co-worker in the kingdom. Then I wish to express to this audience your faithfulness of coming each night and packing in and filling up the auditorium and so forth each night, coming maybe many miles through the snow and thick roads to come. You never come just to be seen. You come for what good that the Lord would give you. And I thank you for it, my gallant brother and sister and friends of Christ. Trusting it's some glorious day that we don't have to travel like this to meet each other. But wanting to make an appointment with each of you that after it's all over, I would like to go home with each of you tonight, stay all night with you, get up in the morning and talk of the things of God, and the fellowship that we can have around the Word of God in your home. And 
be there and eat with you and fellowship. I just can't do it because the harvest is right and the time is close to hand. So I must be going on. But someday I want an appointment with you that we'll sit down in another kingdom, the kingdom of the time, on the other side, and then we'll just have forever to be together. And I certainly covet the prayers of each of you people. Now, it won't be long, if God willing, I'll be going across into foreign stars, Africa, India, Asia, Japan. We're looking for the greatest religious meeting that's ever been in the history of the world when we come to Japan. There's only 2,000 full gospel people there, and the worshipers of Buddha and their God is defeated, they're a great nation without a God. So I want to take Jesus to them. And now, may I ask you to do this for me? Way overseas, and you know, in the papers and things when I'm over there, and the rich doctors and, and so forth are challenging the gospel when I have to stand there and the wings are going hot. And I depend on the people of lying and around about to be praying for me. Are you here? Thank you. Thank you much. In some ways, we'll meet and God will reward you before that even for doing it. I was certainly thankful to the, the board that let us have this beautiful little auditorium here. It's a pretty little place. And it's so marvelously arranged and the acoustic seems to be so good. And your audience is drawn right up to you. I like that. I like the close feeling. Some of the best meetings I ever had was in cottage prayer meetings where we were sitting right around each other, fellowshipping. And this little auditorium for a place of the size produces that. And I think it's a lovely little place. I cut my picture out that I found in the paper to take with me. And to the custodians and for all their kindness, may the Lord richly bless you, gentlemen and brethren. Then I was just asked or said to me tonight by my son just a few moments ago that they had taken a love offering for me. Well, I told Dr. Vail he couldn't do that just to put it in on expenses. And they said the expenses is already met. Now, I want to thank you kindly. If there's anything I've tried to do, it's keep away from money. For I was born poor, and my people are poor, and that's the way I want to be like I am now. And I, I never took an offering in my life myself. Never took one up in my life. I remember one time at home I was going to take an offering. We were poor people. And I... You know, when you get to a place you can't make things meet together, you can't I do it all the time. So I was working and I said to the wife, you know, honey, I'm going over and take up an offering tonight. She said, I'm going to watch you do it. <laughs> and so she sat back in the meeting and now not as the people I've pastored there 17 years without one thing. Not because they didn't want to pay me, because I was young, able to work, so I, I do right now. If I could just wait on my ministry and do the same thing, I love the work. And I went over to take up the offering, and I said, we didn't have any offering place, so I said, folks, I kind of hit a little place, I just can't make the rooms meet. I'm going to take a little offering, somebody's got some slippers if you like to help me. 
and I said, Brother, Ronald Hart, we called him Uncle Jim. Get my hat, will you? He looked out my hat, and I looked right down and found him a little old lady. He's in your eyes tonight. One of those little aprons with the pockets on the inside. Did you ever see one? What color can touch you from now? And so, it's this little apron, and she puts out some of these little pocketbooks and snaps on the top and begin to reach down for those nickels. Oh, I just couldn't do it. Oh, I said, I was just teasing you. <laughs> I didn't mean it. And my wife looked at me. And you know, there was an old man who used to follow me and many of his mighty students. He didn't see any of me. He had a long beard. His name was Ryan. John Ryan. How many of them know John Ryan? Well, my dear, parting leaves behind us. And he, the old man, I used to get about wearing those beards. He was a movie star, if you all didn't know that. He was once a movie star. He rode the famous darling in the rainy barn circus. And with the Catholics, and was converted into the Christian religion, and was the apostolic faith, and he's gone to glory now at 80-something years old. And he rode an old bicycle down and gave it to me from Dwight Black, Michigan. Oh, it was in bad shape. But I went down and got 10 cents and bought me a can of paint and painted it all up and sold it. Got enough money to pay the bed off, and I didn't have to take it all the money to go home. So I never took an offering. I wish that this wouldn't have to be done. But I know that that's a portion of your living. I know that you fear people like I am. And perhaps maybe that might have to squeeze the baby's teeth when you live. And I realize that. But friend, to the best of my knowledge, I promise you, that it will not go to foolishness, but the best of my knowledge to the kingdom of God. And may God bring it back to you, multiplied, feet step run down, open down, a hundred fold is my prayer. Now, how many people is here from out of town? Let's see your hand. Say, is there anybody here from London? Line of people raising Oh, yes, yes, yes. I was just such a massive. We are happy to be in Lima, aren't we, outsiders? Amen. We think you're wonderful. We think you've got some fine ministries and some fine nations and just a lovely city. And we pray that God will bless you exceedingly abundantly. And now, tonight, I am very hoarse. Usually, a minister just can still preach about once a day. But you know that preaching is harder on you than most any kind of manual labor that you could do? I've seen that estimated and broken down, and I believe that it is compared I think that 20 minutes of preaching under inspiration takes more from the physical body than eight hours of a surgeon. That's how hard it is. That's inspirational preaching. So we ask you now and thank you. If I've left anybody, oh, we are the Mr. Pianist. There's just so many of you. And today I was just preaching to different ones and places. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe I see a sweet little old couple that usually calls me long distance and they're sick and I don't believe God failed one time and I don't know if it is, but isn't that the Reverend and Mrs. Steve sitting right there? Raise up your hand. 
I want you all to see an old veteran and his wife. Really, in the 70s or 80s, they're preaching the gospel. Will you stand up with a minute, brother and sister, too? Let's say praise the Lord for God's goodness to them. That's very much appropriate. God bless them. Ray, God bless you, sister and brother. Ray, in the years of 80 and still preaching the gospel. Oh, isn't that wonderful? I pray that God will bless them exceedingly abundantly. And now, they were probably out preaching before I was born. And you see, I honored our field of having them. You know, usually when very old, the general public seems to pass you by. But they were just as good. There is one who stood by Paul and Pilate. He'll never leave you not respected. I want to leave tonight from the blessed word, and then just for a short time, lean toward and we will pray for the sick. And I want to thank you once more for something else. Praying for me last night, the first time I ever got a prayer line through like that, and I don't know when. Without reading, because I just went to that all the time. And how the testimonies are for him to say it seemed wonderful. That to me, there's a great big tent setting out here in about a four or five weeks revival, so you can just stay right with it until it's over. I want to read from the book of St. Luke tonight, from the 18th chapter of St. Luke, and beginning with the 42nd verse. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight, thy faith has saved thee. And immediately he received his sight and glorified him, glorified God, and all the people and they thought they prayed the praise unto God. And may the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. And may the Almighty Jehovah ever bless. Music, this is the night, and more is done than any other night in the meeting. Because the great strength, it's the, the anticipation, the waiting, the expectancy, that you see that brings the Holy Spirit right down. Oh, how I pray with all my heart that there will not be a feeble one among us in an hour of the night. I pray not one sinner in the building, may every sinner be saved, every backslider come back to the house of God. Is my humble, sincere prayer. Jesus had just been speaking to the disciples and about sacrilegious, how the, there was a, a public and went to the temple to pray, and a self righteous man stood there, and how he and all of his good deeds that he could quote to the Lord. How I thank thee that I'm not like this publican or like ordinary man. How I pay my tithes and fast and so forth. But Jesus was teaching them that all those things were all right and they had their place. But then those things are not the real things. They're not the religious, they're religion, but they're not salvation. If we depend upon 
those things to merit for our salvation, we would go in by works and wouldn't need the Lord Jesus. But we have to solemnly depend up on him, and I'm so glad that everyone can come. If religion only needs to build a church to sacrifice and to be sincere, God would be unjust to the doing things, because he's done everything religious that Abel did. Everything that Abel did religious, same did the same. Both boys sincere. Both boys made an altar. Both boys made a sacrifice. Both boys knelt down. Both boys prayed. Both boys worshiped. So if worship, sincerity, belong to the church, and all those things are all God requires, then he would be unjust to condemn things, for things are the very same thing that Abel did. But all our works work on his hands. And it's not by works, it's by the grace of God we are saved. Abel never worked, he just believed on him that justifies the ungodly. And his sacrifice was received. I see tonight starts at the gate of Jericho. Jericho was one of the lowest cities of the world, way down in the valleys of the Jordan. And it's a pathetic scene as you look at it. There is a blind man by the name of Barnabas, and he's sitting by the wall of Jericho. And it was pretty hard on the beggars of those days because there were many of them. There were lepers, there were cripples, lame, hard, blind, all types of beggars. And as a man who was a little more blessed, that could spare a coin now and then, when he slept his home at morning, the first beggar he met and perhaps give him the coin, and then he could not afford any more through the day. So it was a custom that beggars would stay near the gate, that when the traveler or the businessman coming to his business in the city would drop the coin to them, that they might have a livelihood. And perhaps this man being gone for many years, if he there had been an operation to have been performed on his eyes, he could not afford it, for he was a beggar. But very much in doubt whether physicians of that day could have him or the physicians of the day. Now, blindness is a horrible thing, an eye is a valuable thing. And so, while he was sitting there, let's just take a little picture now and go down there with John Barnabas so we can get the real kernel of what we wish to talk on for the next 15, 20 minutes. John Barnabas sitting by the gate perhaps in the sunshine as the spirit rays of the Palestinian sun shining on by the wall. Let's think that he was studying, meditating. You know, the way to find God is to meditate upon God. Think of God. David spoke of it. How he would bind the Lord on his bedpost and how he would meditate there in day and night. 
if we notice it was the disciples on the road to Emmaus, that while they were speaking to each other concerning the Lord Jesus, that he stepped right out of the booth and walked with them. If our minds would be more taken up on God and on the things pertaining to God, it would be so much easier to live the victorious life in Christ. He would be with us. You know, it's Ella either. While he was thinking, meditating to God, the beautiful Rebecca went out to water with camel just to answer to what he was asking God. And as John Barnabas sat at the gate, he was a beggar, ragged, setting with his little rag wrapped around him, probably a middle-aged man with tiny heart, but he had a family, a wife, a little girl. And as he sat there in the sunshine, I can just imagine his mind drifting back to another day. A day that when things were better for him, when he was a little boy, as he went over the Judean hills, and I can think that maybe perhaps one of his favorite times was when he, after a midday meal was over, as a little brown-eyed Jewish boy rolled along in the soft wind, skipping the fields. He would come in at a certain hour to his mama, a beautiful young Jewish. And as his favorite thing was, before he took his afternoon nap, was to hear a tell stories of the Bible. That seems to be so interesting to any little boy that's got good character in him. The Bible stories. It's just too bad that mothers today don't take more time to talk to the children on those things. I'm sure we didn't have so much juvenile delinquency if this was it. And as his little bright eyes would look up into Mama's face, and how he would enjoy the different stories that she would read from the Bible to him. The Old Testament, of course, because that's all they had. And perhaps one of the Leading stories that he liked so well was the one of the great mighty prophet Elijah. How did Elijah in his days, how did he went up to Mount Carmel and there was a Shunammite woman, a Gentile, who thought he was a great prophet and she was a rich woman and she could help this prophet, so she built herself a little house for him, a little room, a little tree. And she placed in there a bed, a little stool, and some water for his feet, and a picture to drink from to show kindness. And so one day when he found all this kindness, he sent the Hazel, his servant, to pick her up, to bring her in to where he was. And he said, could I do a favor for you? You've been so kind to me. You provide to me the potion of uh, your living and uh, help me to have a little place to rest. And you did this because if you had respect unto my God, 
Should I speak to the king for you, or should it be captain? She said, No, I dwell among my people. Everything's all right. And Jehoshaphat said to him, She doesn't have any children. And perhaps Elijah in his prayer saw what the Lord was going to do. And he said, Go tell her that about this time next year, according to life, she is going to embrace a son. And a little boy was born in the home when his husband was old, and he was a lovely little lad. How little Barnum and his eyes were glistening, and his sparkle, and you can hear a bit little boy born. And how mommy would baby him and play with him. And then one day it came to pass when he was about the age of Barnum Mayer's was out in the field with his papa. And it must have been a sunstroke. It's about near noon, 11 o'clock. And the little boy began to cry, My head, my head. And the father, being busy in the harvest, sent a servant, took the little lad home, and the mother laid him on her lap. And he died. Oh, what a tragedy. But to this Shunammite woman, there was no defeat. She had something in her heart. She took the little dead son of the boy and laid him up on the bed of Elijah. What a place to pay. Just right. Taking him out of him on his own little crib up on their bed, but took him around the house to the little prophet's chamber and opened the door and laid him where the servant of God had laid him. Quite a wise woman. And she called her husband and she said, I must go find the man of God. I like that. Oh, he said, if you didn't mean to lose your Sabbath, but she said, it'll be all right. Nothing in her heart. Everything will be well. So he saddled a mule and he told the servant, he did, said, drive and don't stop. So I call you to and as they neared the mount where the prophet living in his cave, he walked out the side of the cave and he looked and he said to the servant, Here comes that Shunammite. Go and meet her. She sings out, she's in a rush. Old is just flipping the little deal and he's adoring. Go and meet her. And say unto her, Is all well? With me, is all well with thy husband, is all well with the baby. And this servant ran and met her, and she said, All is well. Her baby said, Her husband planted, but all is well. Wow. She needs God for any service, the prophet. She needs to be here from God. And she won't even know why that her baby had been taken. So she runs up close, and Elijah looks at her again, and he said, Her heart is full of grief, and God has hid it from me. You know, there's a wonderful thing. God don't tell his prophets everything. He just tells them what he wants them to know. Not everything. They can't do nothing in themselves. 
Just what God shows them, that's what they do. Could you imagine Isaac cutting blind and blessing Jacob and the spirit of Esau? Could you imagine Jacob holding Joseph's coat for 40 years, bloody, thinking that an animal killed it and being a prophet? See, God just revealed to his prophet that what he wants them to know. Nothing else. Prophets are not infallible people. Prophets are not angels. They are men. In St. James, the fifth chapter, it said Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. He had a and down. But he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. Then he goes to say the affectionate, fervent heir of a righteous man, a day of man. And God had not revealed to Elijah. And she ran up to his feet and fell down and made knowing everything that had happened. Now Elijah knew that God dwelt in him. So he said to Jehoshaphat, Take my staff and go lay it on the top. Now don't stop along the road for a little chat here and there. If any man speaks, you don't scream back. That's the trouble with the church today with this message. They're stopping chatting along the road. Little gatherings and social parties and card parties and picnics and sewing circles and so forth. Too much of the world has entered into the praying of the blessed message. Oh, I hope you see it. Notice. If any man sleeps in street in that back but goes straight to the bar, that's what we need, straight to the world. None of us hanging around for this, that, or others, but right to the point. Notice, then what happens? But you know, I think that's where Paul got taking hands to pick your ankles from the, his body. Elijah knew that everything he touched was blessed because God was in him. That's what the woman touched the hem of the garment of Jesus. She knew God was in him. But you know, the woman's faith wasn't in the staff, it was in the prophet. So she said, as the Lord liveth, I'll not leave you. I'm just going to hang around. She had something in her heart and she was staying with it. That's the thing. If God has answered a faith in your heart that he's going to give you the Holy Spirit, pray right with it. If he's put something in your heart during the meeting that he's going to hear it, pray right with it. Don't let nothing move it. Call everything that's happened contrary to that. Call it wrong, cast it aside, and look to the promise. He said, I'm going to stay right with you. And the prophet got tired of perhaps ever hanging around. So he goes and gets his mantle and throws it over and he gives up his loins. And here he went, the woman following him. So he so went ahead and went into the dead baby, laying sick upon the baby, but nothing happened. Why? The mother didn't believe him. If it had happened, if the mother would have believed him. But these 
didn't know about the sick, but she did know about the prophet. So she then what taking place? Where comes the prophet up with the mother, her eyes right on him, and look what a condition it is. The neighbors are screaming in a way, and a heartbroken father screaming out in the street. Oh, my boy, my boy. All tore up. The prophet just goes to his own little chamber and closes the door behind him. Just laying on the bed, there laid a little stiff, cold form of a baby dead several hours. And the prophet walked back and forth, to and fro, up and down in the room. I just love that. Just walking to and fro, waiting on the Lord. He that waits upon the Lord shall renew his strength. He will mount up like a needle. He will run and not be weary. He will walk and not faint. And he walks to and fro, waiting on the Lord. After a bit, something must have struck the prophet when he knows the Holy Spirit was on his body. He ran to the child, put his hands on his hands, put his nose against his nose, and the baby sees seven times he comes alive. Outside, the went, what a happy home! And how little Barnabas must have loved that story. And as he sat there remembering it in his mind, and how the great conquer Joshua and many of the other stories. But alas, first you saw, the sun has moved over, a shade has come over, he pulls around with his round eyes and sits down again. Somehow he never got a coin maybe that morning. Perhaps he's going to tell his little girl when he goes home. She perhaps maybe wanted to see if she could get a dress. His poor wife maybe hadn't had one in a long time, and he was ragged and he couldn't even get food for this meal. And now maybe left her hungry this morning, and now what can he do? Nothing to eat. And ragged and sitting there. But there's one thing he had that memories of a day gone by. And then he remembers. But not 30 feet from where he was setting, the great prophet Elijah and Elijah walked down that road together arm in arm. Oh, I can imagine he hears him within his heart. Oh, if I would have only been setting here then, I would have raised that old prophet of God, you great mighty prophet. Favorite story for 
and also of just a few hundred yards more steady, the great mighty Joshua delivering the people into the promised land, walked down to the Jordan, taking the ark, the word of God in the front of him, and it opened up. And his people walked across on dry land. Oh, in his heart, we are still the people of God. We are circumcised according to the precepts of the Testament. But they tell me that Jehovah doesn't do those things anymore. Your time hasn't changed too much. I say that with respect. And then he started in not over 200 yards from where he was sitting then. One day when the mighty Joshua, the great prince, was walking out of doing the walls of Jericho before the great battle, he saw a man standing with a drawn sword. He had all heard his mother tell that story. Let it hear out of the Bible. And as he stood with his sword drawn, Joshua's eyes caught him. Where did he come from? He just appeared. And he was a man with his sword drawn. And Joshua drew his sword and went to meet him. And when Joshua went to meet him, he said, Are you for us? Are you for the enemy? And the man spoke back to Joshua and said, No, I am the captain of the host of the Lord. Just 200 yards from where he was sitting. Little did he know that that same captain of the Lord's host was not 200 yards from him right there. And as he began to come into Jerusalem, or to Jericho, there began to be big clatters everywhere. People running, after all noises, people talking, different broken subjects, some one way, some another. He listened. He was blind. And as he listened, what is this? And after a while, there come a stream of criticism. People are, where comes that fanatic? Where comes that man that speaks against our priests and our church? Let's not let him enter the city. Others come. And above all, he heard the great roar of his priests, which said, Oh, you Galileans, you who can raise a dead man, we've got a whole graveyard full of them up here on the hill. Come up and raise some of them. That was the kind of mockery he got. That's the kind he gets today. But Jesus never heard them. Perhaps rotten cabbage over ripe age, throwing at him and making fun of him and said, You who have done all these miracles, let me see you do something. Wow, wow. You see, sir, there's nothing to this fanatic. He doesn't join up with our school. 
to plan for that living. In those days, they had a lamb that led the blind. And he said, Lord, if you will heal this case for me and let my little one live, I will sacrifice to you my lamb. It's all I got. And then it says, the child was well. And he said, on his road to sacrifice, the priest said to him, Blind Barnabas, where's Horace blind? He said, Oh, priest, I am going up to the altar to sacrifice my lamb that I promised God I would do. Oh, he said, Blind Barnabas, you cannot give that lamb, but I'll give you some money and you buy a lamb. He said, Oh, priest, I never promised God a lamb. I promised God this land. There's a lesson there. I hope God teaches it here. And he said, Blind Barnabas, thou cannot sacrifice that land. That land is your eyes. He said, Oh, peace of God, God will provide a land for Blind Barnabas' eyes. If I keep my promise to him. You know, this cold October day, cutting fruits and legs, God had provided a lamb for blind bone to survive. And may I say this, my beloved friend, that same lamb is provided for your eyes tonight and for your sickness. This God provided lamb to take away your sin and your sickness. And someday we've got to stand in the presence of God to give an account for this life that you've been permitted to live. Not long ago, there was a great man who crossed through the Middle Eastern country, and his name was Daniel Curry. He was a, a famous revivalist. It's been 50 some odd years. And Daniel Curry, one night he said he had a dream. And he dreamed that he died and was taken up to heaven. And when he got to the gate of heaven, he, the opener of the gate came, the gatekeeper, and he said, Who art thou that is the person? He said, I am Daniel Curry. I am the evangelist who won thousands of souls in the earth for heaven. I have come to take my place and receive my mansion. So just a moment, I shall look on the book. And he went and looked at the book. And when he came back, he said, I am sorry, Mr. Curry, but I do not find your name on the book. Oh, he said, Curry, you're wrong. Go look again. And he said the second time, he said, your name is not on the book. Therefore, I cannot open these gates to you. You have no name to check. Oh, he said, what must I do? He said, sir, you might appeal your case to the great white throne judgment. If he killed me. Well, he said, I have no choice. I'll have to do that. And he said, soon as he was taking his face for a long while, and it was going to get lighter, lighter, lighter. Go check the place it was coming from, and it was going to slow up. And so then, all of a sudden, he came to a stop, 
And that was the brightest light he had ever seen in all his life. It was thousand times brighter than the midday sun. And so he heard a voice say, Daniel, please. Did you ever feel anything when you were on earth? You are here at my judgment seat. And he said, I thought I had been an honest man. But yet in the presence of that life, I realized that there were some things I had pulled in the deal. I didn't think about it when I was on earth, but in the presence of that life. He said, then, he said, yes, Lord, I have sold. He said, Daniel Curry, did you ever tell a lie when you were in your life? But I thought at least I'd been an honest man. But yet in the presence of that light, I seen a lot of things that I had told it wasn't right. He said, Lord, I told lies. Then said the voice come the third time. He said, Daniel Curry, was you perfect when you were on earth in your life? He said, No, Lord. I wasn't perfect, and said my bones seemed like they were coming apart. I was listening for that great warmth glass. Then he talked for me into outer darkness, and said just as I was getting ready to hear that great eternal separation word, that I heard the sweetest voice I ever heard in my life. Said never did I ever hear a voice like that. No mother could speak words like that. But I turned. And when I did, he said, I saw the sweetest face I ever saw in all my life. Said no mother's face could look like that. And said he walked up to me and put his arm around me and said, Father, no Daniel Curry wasn't perfect on earth in his life. But in his life he stood for me on the earth. And now in heaven, I'll stand for him. Let all of his sins be put on my back. Oh, that's what I seek for. That's what I try to persuade others for. How you want him to say, well done. I wonder who's standing for you tonight if your life should be called. Could you stand the judgment of the white throne? Let's think of it right quick while we bow our heads just a moment. And if the arguments will be so kind to come to the organ and play a Bible with me, if you will. With every head bowed, every eye closed, and those who know how to pray, this may be the moment when some precious soul finds its eternal destination. When the last knock may be knocked at the door of the heart of a person, my spirit will not always strive with man. So it behooves us to pray, Christian. And while you're praying, I'm going to ask this to be sinners, the one that knows that he could not have someone to stand for him. Do you want him to stand for you? 
Could you do with the great of man, same as a sign, say, God, this is my hand as a sign. I want Jesus to stand for me in the hour of my death. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, lady. God bless you, sir. God bless you. That's right. Just keep your hands up. God bless you. You say, Brother Brandy, does that do something? Yes. God bless you, little boy. God bless you, lady. That's right. Someone else down the bottom door. God bless you over there. Someone who hasn't put up their hand, would you put up your hand right away and say, Jesus, I'm raising my hand. God bless you back there, God. God bless you. I know that I have nothing I could offer. For all that I have, I give. Back to me to my left, will you raise your hands and stand for me, Jesus? Oh, my dear friend, God bless you everywhere. And the back to me to the center, raise your hands and say, God, be merciful to me right now. I'm making my stand for you, Christ. You will stand for me at that day. Just hands everywhere, God bless you. Oh, how the Holy Spirit moving in the day. I'm going to ask you something while the rest of them are praying. You who want to hear that voice when some morning the fog begins to come into the room and the doctor's left and said there's not a hope. You feel your hope coming up to sleep. And you know the time has come. You're leaving. Do you want him to stand there and bear you across God? When you're walking on these little bit of bread now, not knowing when they will break. And if you want to be sincere, and want to prove to God that you want him to put your name on the Lamb's book of life, and to stand for you in that day, will you quietly stand to your feet while we have prayer? Everyone that wants to make that stand tonight for Christ, would you just stand on the bottom floor and in the up balcony on every side? Would you raise up your hand? Stand up just a moment now. You make your stand up just God bless you, God bless everywhere. Just stand right up till I'm making my stand before these people. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me, I just remain standing. If you're ashamed of me before man, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father. But he that will confess me before man, him will I confess before my Father. Oh, friends, we're going to need it. We're coming right to it. It may be before morning, but you've got to stand. Let another host stand up with you. Someone who say, I'll take my stand tonight. God bless you, son. Someone else, stand up while we offer prayer in the presence of God. God bless you, brother. God bless you. Someone else, God bless you. God bless you, lady. God bless you. Would you take your stand say, God, I'll stand for Christ now. For all Christ, you promised me to stand for me on that day. How can you please your faith? When you sit in a meeting like this, where the great powers and miracles of God would be done in the Holy Spirit moving, the gospel being preached, how are you going to stand on a negative confession? Don't you want him to stand for you? When I see prayer gates opening on earth, and I see that every sinner's got to go, and Jesus steps out of the road, I want him to plead my case. He's my attorney. I'll not have to face the Father. He's facing his garment. You want him to face him for you tonight? Would you stand someone else? Just before prayer, 
God has touched your name on the book of life as certain gifts and fill your heart. His words cannot fail. Now let us pray for the many who have been. O Jesus, who passed by the joyful gate, and the blind man came stopped you on the road to Calvary. How wonderful you are. A little flower cannot peek its little head out from under a chip in the woods without you knowing it. A little gnat cannot light on a limb somewhere without you knowing it. The star cannot fall to the street without you knowing it. And how much more you look down tonight, you see all these people standing confessing their sins and pleading for mercy and asking you to write their name on the book of life and to plead their faith for them. Certainly you see every one of them, you know their names and who they are. And now the Father has given you these. Thou hast said, No man can come to me except my Father. Draws it. And all that comes, I give them everlasting life. We'll raise them up at the last day. No man can cut them out of my Father's hand. They are love gifts. Jesus, here's what the Father gives you tonight. These men, women, and children that are standing are love gifts. But the Father is giving to you, and oh Christ, as your servant on earth, I pray that you let every name on the book and give to them the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that they may from this very night live an upright, God-fearing life before the world, with a testimony that will ring out to their neighbors. Make them so salty as it was until all their contact will be saved to you. Grant it, Lord. I command them to be now as the fruits are preaching the word and the love gifts of the Father who is in the word. And you receive them now for thy said, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me has eternal life and shall never come to the judgment but pass from the judgment unto life. In so many words, Father, they can't stand at the right throne judgment. You're going to stand in their place. Never come to the judgment, but has bypassed the judgment and has eternal life through Jesus Christ. Grant these blessings to the people while we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. The Lord bless you. And then who are standing as they step down, a Christian body side, take their hand. Won't you do it? Oh, there's something about the grand old highway. I just love the old-fashioned Bible-type service, don't you? The news are born in the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit here to breathe birth through the city. Now, to you who have just come, how many say for your first time, I see your hands the first time you've ever wanted to meet? Oh, my, just the good thing, they all don't need it once. 
Does the Bible say that he is a high priest that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmity? How are you going to touch him then? He's got to bear what they got. If you touch him, you wouldn't know you touched him. Is that right? Now, if you are here and not going to be on the prayer line here, you just sit in your still and do three things for this to die. God, look at me as a new man. And if that man will claim me not knowing him and the Holy Spirit, that he claims that anoints the people, will turn and I love you, Lord, and I serve you. Just let him turn to me and tell me what our Lord did the woman at the well, and I'll believe with all my heart. I challenge your faith in Christ's name to do that. God said, prove me. All right. That was on prayer cards. Exodus 1 to 100. Well, let's, take, let's start at number one. Number one, X. That Mark X was number one. He has a card. Did you stand up? Number two, right over here. Did you stand up? Number three, you'll be all over the building. Number three, raise your hand so I can see you. Number three, X number two. Is that the lady there? Number four, would you raise your hand? Such the people now to see the movie, this dumb, think this movie, some of the ladies up there paralyzed. Number four, number five, X number five, would you raise your hand? Who has it? X number five, raise up your hand, please. I'm sorry, ladies. Six, seven, eight, nine, X number two, who has X number two, would you raise your hand? Number two, eleven, twelve, thirteen. If I see again, both downstairs and upstairs, he here is sick and does not have prayer cards. He's going to be called into this line and would like to be prayed for. And he won't do such a thing yet. Would you raise your hands again so I can get a general conception? Just know we're doing this everywhere. All right, just look this way and believe me. I do. Now, Jesus is passing through a place one time, and a little woman touched his garment, and he got weak. Did the Bible say he got weak? Verse 2, which is weakness, strength went from Many people wonder why it makes you get weak. Do you know that, that uh, Daniel had one vision? And it's covered in what he's heard for many days. Who knows that in the Bible? Bible reader. Yes. How many know that the virtue of the angel that was on the water at the pool of the dead in St. John 5, the first one being healed, except when he had faith enough to be healed, the angel even left the water. Let's see your hands. Sure, all the virtue left the water. And Jesus, the Son of God, said that he got weak. Virtue of left hand. Now he got up to a some of 20 or 15 or something. Now, as the line gets just a little closer down, we'll keep calling a few more. And uh, you see the line getting down. Now, this is hard. If I ever come again up to Ohio, I hope you would like for me to come back. And I still would like to come. I would like to set a meeting so we could say for about a month. So I could get a chance to pray for the people and then have different meetings, afternoon teaching, have lines like a good last night, and pray on. This year is for massive prayer, massive meetings. This is to bring forth the presence of Jesus Christ. 
He made every one of you, and He died at Calvary. It's your faith in His finished work. No matter what the condition you need, it's your faith in what He did. Now, the thing is, you just accept Him as personal healing. Now, if Jesus is here tonight, and you say, Jesus, come here and heal me. Well, He cannot do that. He's already done it. The Bible says he's giving the guy who's doing it. It's all when he said it's finished. He's already been wounded for your transgression. And if he starts wounding, we're already here. The only thing he could do would be to call himself to be here. And how would he live? In America. Now, are you the lady that's supposed to come here this morning? I want to go in the back. Now, being a little early, you can walk just a little closer if you were up, lady. You're saying to lady, and she, of course, wearing glasses, you know there's something wrong with her eyes, except for being reading glasses. Person past 35, 40 years old, they actually, their eyeballs get flat and they need reading glasses. Of course, then, that's the regular procedure, like your hair turning gray or anything else. But she looks healthy to me. And she's a stranger to me. I never saw her in my life. I suppose that's it. We're strangers to each other. If we all saw the people would understand stranger to me. Now, here is a picture again of a Bible picture. This is for me coming. Our Lord Jesus and St. John Paul was talking to a woman that came out to get some water at a well. She had never seen it. And she came to get some water and when she got the water and started to put her on her head to walk away, our Lord Jesus said to her, Woman, bring me a drink. And she being a Samaritan, and him a Jew, there was a law of segregation, so she said, It's not customary for you to ask us. We are the obedient to Samaritans and Jews. He passed a conversation with her, but he caught his fit. And when he did, he said to her, He found out some trouble she had. And we believe in America, I know the Eastern idea is different, but we believe in America that she had five husbands. The Bible says she did. And Jesus said the husband you got now is not yours, and you're living with him. So he must have been something wrong. And when the disciples come, it wasn't no disgrace for a man to talk to a woman in public, but they were astonished that Jesus talking to such a person. The Bible said they were. So the Eastern idea is different from that, but... Around. Whatever it was, it was a woman talking. And the woman, he said, he contacted his spirit and he found where her trouble was. And he said, Go get your husband. He said, I don't have no husband. All right. He's witness, you didn't have a husband. But Jesus said, You've had five, and the one you have now is not yours. The lady said the truth. What did she say? Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Is that right? Now that's what you went on to talk. Then she said, we know that we're the Messiah coming. How many believe Jesus was the Messiah of God? He said, we the Samaritans. He was a religious person. He went to the church and knows his laws anyhow. He said, we know that when the Messiah cometh, he'll tell us this or all things. But she couldn't make out of him anyway. He said, I'm here to talk to you. To speak of you. And she ran into the city and said, Come to a man that told me these things. Isn't this the Messiah? Now, if that was the sign of the Messiah then, 
I believe the word in spite of the right Now, whoever, whoever, and I want to talk to the woman just a moment. And if you perform the same thing here that he did back there in the Bible time, everyone just promised that you believe and would accept anything that you got me that you believe he's here to give it to you. Is that right? If God will do this, it's a sign to you that he's sure to give you just what you're asking for. The only thing you like is to do. Now, let us look to the woman. Maybe after preaching and talking, the Spirit of, or the Holy Spirit in a gift, one gift is preaching. That's a danger. Another gift is prophetic, which is altogether a different gift. And to be preaching and switch to something else, which has never anointing but the same Spirit. You understand? Now, you and I are being strangers and never have met each other, and you being the first person here, I'm just trying to contact this spirit. It's exactly, it's exactly, exactly what I'm trying to do. Exactly. Because you're a woman, I'm a man, and we've never met before, and here we are before several hundred people, and now God's word is at stake. That Bible, it says that Christ promised what he promised, that that we, he'd do the same, he'd live in it, and he'd work for us and do the same things that he did back to the truth, I can ask. Now, don't be afraid to put God's word to the state. But I perceive that you are a Christian because your spirit begins to feel rapping. See, the Holy Spirit here, and now it's a gift. It's a brother and sister now. Things are changing. You're aware that something taking place just then. If that's right, just raise your hand for the audience to see. Uh, did you ever see the picture of that line? That's what that line did just now. Now the lady, if the audience can still hear my voice, she is a believer, a real believer. And I see her, she's doing something, but she's real nervously about something, like she's dropping something or something. She's bothered with nervousness. That's her trouble. She has a nervous condition. And she's all upset about something now. That is, she has been to a, a doctor, and that doctor was looking over her breath. And he found a place like that keeps gathering like a growth. Now, see, with that little white thing or something, he turns your back. And there's something on your back near your spine. And he says that you need an operation for it. That's, that's it. That is true. You believe? Now, something's here that knows you. I don't. Something knows you. He said, these signs are fire on the dream. Come and let me pray for you. Our Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, our Son, I bless this woman that she may receive every blessing she's asked for and send her home happy, rejoicing, praising God. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless your loyal heart, lady. Go rejoicing, happy, and thank Jesus God. Would you come, lady? You believe? Now, as you raise from the dead, now you look this way, baby. Your anointing is on. Amen. Oh, what a feeling. I feel just like it was that day when that, after two years, that little boy was singing the spirit, she raised in the dead. I know the other story. Some man, a little dead boy, laying there, hundred some around, and I said, Thus saith the Lord. I saw these now, baby. In five minutes now, you'll be on the seat around the false prophet. 
Thou will raise and lead to his feet, praising God, leading up today. He's Christ. He can't lie. And he means Christ. Now the lady sang here is another stranger. We don't know each other. But that's right, raise your hand. Have faith now, don't doubt, believe All right, if the Holy Spirit can reveal to me what you're standing here for, the very thoughts and desire of your heart, will you accept it? You will. You know, as a man, I couldn't hear you if you're sick. And if you are, if I could and wouldn't do it, I'd be a brief. Not a man. If I could help you, wouldn't do it. But I can't help you. But I'm trying to do all I can to get in presence of him who can help you. Because you're my sister, you're a Christian believer. Right. Now the Lord said to Nathaniel, Behold, an Israelite in him is no God. He said, When did you know me? He said, Before Philip called you, I saw you. Way away. What if I tell you I see you from way away? See? You're not from this city. You're from another city called Cleveland, Ohio. Right. I see a doctor up here. And a doctor's looking somewhere in the chest of the throat. He says it's a garter on the inside. That's just been recently. And he set a time for operation. A huge amount for an operation. Is it? It has to be. Are you a big guy? Our Heavenly Father, the little lady desires life. And I pray as I lay hands on her, that you will give to her the desire of her heart. I pray this prayer in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you. Go on your road happy. God bless you, sister. Do you believe? All right, do you hear that now? Someone was here in the audience that said, I didn't touch it. You see, here when I saw the angel of the Lord, which is the Christ of God, it's a light. How many know that the angel that followed the children of Israel was a pillar of light, a fire? How many know that was Christ? How many know that he said, I come from God, I go back to God? Did he say it? And when Paul made him after the resurrection, what was he? Pillar of fire again, the light. Is that right? That's the Bible says. That's what he is. Yeah, I think he is. I think he is. He says, all right, just a lady. How do you do this thing? I don't know you. You know that. But we're saying to each other that God does know. I just do it and don't think I'm beside myself, I am not. But I can only say what I've seen, and I just believe. Well, you have come to me, and we're years apart, and probably born miles apart, and years apart. This is our first time to me. But do you believe me to be baptized? You believe that what I teach in the Bible is the truth? And you believe that the claims that I make the reason I say that, ladies, you remember when Jesus saw a vision of the resurrection of Lazarus, he was on his road back to get Lazarus to raise him. 
But he asked Martha when he came out on the road, she came out to meet him. He said to her, and she said, if I were to be here, my brother would not have died. He said, thy brother surrounds again. And she said, I know in the last days, she said, I'm the resurrection line. See? And he said, I'm the resurrection line. He got people to me, though he was dead, yet shall he live. Didn't you ever live in the kingdom? He never died. He said, "You believe this?" He said, "Yes, Lord. I have believed." He believed that he was what he said he was, the Messiah, and he is the Messiah tonight. I'm just his servant. But the angel who spoke to me and sent me here to get the people to believe you and be sincere when you pray. I said, "They won't believe you." He said, "By this, they will believe you." This is given at birth. He's just a little baby boy. You are suffering with um, an arthritis. I see you can hardly get around the time. Then you have uh, heart trouble. That is right. Then you have something that makes you sick. It comes from your right side. This gallbladder trouble. Because you have a polyplast of the gallbladder. That's the truth. Now, I cannot hear you, neither do I know what to say. But something was talking to you. That wasn't me, because I don't know you. Now, do you believe all you? Now, more you talk to more will be said. Now, not for a public show, God doesn't do things that way. But for the glory of God, that you might understand. She will be buying gifts. May I talk to her some more? She's an elderly lady. And I'd like to talk to her just a little more. Now the lady seems to go from me again. Yes? I see that sometimes of vomiting or dragging with the gallbladder. And I see you. You're not from this city. You're from a, a city that's got like a canal in you or something. The Spencerville, that's where you're from. And you live on a street called Main Street. Your number is 401. Your name is Lee Miller. You believe me to be a prophet, a servant? Let us pray. Oh, God, you raised up the Lord Jesus. I pray that you heal this woman and make her well. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. God bless you, sister. Have faith in God, do you believe? Now, here is another state. A colored woman and a white man. This turns back to preach again to the St. John for And down in the south, we have a segregation between the white and the colored. And this makes the scene just right. And then Jesus let her know, though, that there was no difference. God makes no difference for all his offspring. I do not know you, lady. Here we are, man and woman, first time ever met in life, even a, a different race. But God knows us both. You are a believer. And if God will reveal to me what your trouble is, will you believe it? You will? Will you always believe? May the Lord Jesus grant this. 
laddie. Just a moment, there's a little boy. I thought it was a little laddie. So I'm tired. No, it isn't him. No, he's just a little boy pound. Way over the corner. Papa, do you believe it's God to make your boy well? You're sitting there praying for him, aren't you? It is your prayer. Your little boy has a rupture. That's right, isn't it, Papa? Mama, is that right? Say just your hand. See, you touched something, didn't you? You touched your ground. Lay your hand over on the little lamb. Heavenly Father, in Christ's name, grant their faith is sufficient now to do that which they have designed in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus said, I can if you believe. For all things are possible to them. Oh, if you could just see what I'm looking at. It's a little lady sitting there with, looking at me, and she's praying, and she knows that she has contacted the Holy Spirit. She's moving her lips and praying. She is not praising God, for she's been suffering with a throat trouble. She's got a little turban up on her head. She's got a little right thing. But it's not, isn't it, lady? And I see someone else holding to a throat. It's a lady sitting next to me with a round night hat on. Has so trouble too. I'm speaking to you, Mrs. Miller. Why do you know who I'm talking to? All right. I never seen you in my life and never knows, but that's right, raise your hand. Oh, how we thank the living God for his goodness, for his mercy endures forever. Just ask faith. Just believe. Now, little lady, you sitting there with just wipe your eyes from weeping. Something touched you, didn't it? You never touched me, but you touched him. And that big band that was put around your arm and said you had high blood pressure, that is right. What do you think they were sitting this here? You had one around your arm, but it said low blood pressure. One was high and the other was low. Is that right? It is right. Now have faith in God. You touched him. I challenge your faith to believe. Don't doubt. Just have faith in God. Pardon me, lady. I can only go just if he's showing me. All right, we're standing here as man and woman. Oh! You are for a very serious faith. You're standing for someone else, your brother. And that man is in a mental institution. And he's not here in this city, but he is in Cleveland, Ohio in a minute this to teaching you his sisters, and you come that I might offer prayer to your brother. That is true. I'm not reading your mind. That is true. Oh, God, 
or trying to hurt them themselves, down there in that terrible place tonight, let the Holy Spirit deliver that man from his affliction and make him completely whole because of his loved one who's standing for him. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pray and may God grant it as you have believed. So may it be so. Oh my. Have faith. You didn't let him, the little stars lay in your head. You stood in the second class a while ago. The light of God is still over you. But that chest trouble you've been having is gone from you. So you won't have to worry about it no more. But do you think that next year has no other trouble? You think that the Lord Jesus can make you well too? All right, you may have it all, say that. And the lady with her hands up to her face, she's got a chest trouble. And the little lady that's wiping her eyes yet, that arthritis is gone also, sister. Amen. That's the way to do it. Her face. Don't doubt. How do you do? Of course you know you're in the presence of something besides the man. You believe it's the Holy Spirit? Be real reverent, everyone now. These diseases go from one to another. Be real reverent. They won't let me stand much longer. I just be real reverent a few minutes longer, please. Each one is a soul. Each one's a spirit. And as you move, it, it has an interruption, you see. Because every one of them, this place looks like I just know right where you're at. And this walking with all that is in you to help you, friends, so you cooperate with me and with the Holy Spirit. Be real reverent. Let us take this lady then just a moment. Your main trouble is a nervous trouble. And it causes you to have trouble in your arm and in your limb. That's right. And you're not from this city either. You're from Cleveland. Your name is Julieta. Coleman is your life name. You live in an address called 8517 Cedar Avenue. Another thing that you might know that I'll be God's prophet. You got someone on your heart you're praying for. It's a man. The man is your uncle. And he's got cancer, dying, and he's unsaved. And you're praying for his soul. Amen. You believe? Then we see what we've asked for in Christ Jesus. Name. Have faith in God. What do you think sitting out back there with that back trouble, sir? You think God will make you well? Sitting right on the side there. You think God will make you well? All right, you can have that to ask for it. Amen. You want to get over some trouble and be well? Be healed? Then go eat your supper. Be well and thank you.
What if I told you he was saying, would you believe me? Would you dare that much confidence in my word? Then go. The Lord Jesus makes you completely whole. How do you do, young lady? You're very young lady to be a meanest, but you are. So how about let's you and I go to Calvary for a blood transfusion and be made well? You believe? Then Christ may go and be healed. Thanks be to God. Heart trouble's a killer, but Jesus Christ is a Savior. Do you believe that? Then go and be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's say praise be to God. Do you believe? Have faith in God. What about you in the balconies up there? You're not left alone. Christ is just as great up there. I challenge your faith in Christ's name to listen here. Here's a young girl looking straight at me, sitting out of the river to banish you. Kind of a heavy set girl. Do you believe me to be God's prophet, sister? You're praying, loving you. But that's why right, raise your hand so the God you can see. I've never seen you. But you're suffering with a back trouble. But that's why right, raise up your hand. Now, do you believe me? As God's servant, you need to see the Christ in the audience tonight? Let me tell you how it happened. You fell off of a slide, Johnny. Is that right? Raise up your hand. Now you're here. Christ takes you well. See? That lady sitting right behind you with a little white hat on. You're in perfect contact, you're praying. Mm-hmm. If God will reveal to you what's your trouble, will you accept and believe things in each other and Christ being close in the breath? That's how it raises your hand. See? I challenge your faith. By the way, the man sitting right behind you said, I was around to see. That's how this is so raise your hand. There you are. Have faith. I challenge you. Amen. How do you do? We're strangers to each other. I don't know you, but God does know you, doesn't he? You believe me to be your servant? You're suffering with breast trouble, too. That means you're hooked to that lady there, that spirit is going back and forth. Right. You believe? That's your husband, don't think about this. He's got a blue thing, you think? As a minister, he's still sick. He's got that trouble, has he? Let's keep it like he's got the line. Yes, he can go home now and be made well. You know what I mean? I never seen him alive, but that's true. I go on the road and God, tell your husband to be well. Let's say praise be to God. You love him? Oh, how he wants to heal you all. There's many out there suffering with heart trouble too, ladies. They're just everywhere. Everybody with heart trouble stands in your feet right now. Stands in your feet, let me say, Jesus, don't call him. Just the name standing, and he stands right here just a minute. Have faith in God. Yeah. That's got a cancer. Cancer, stand up to your feet. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. There you are. Stand here just a minute. Have faith. Come, ladies. You believe me as God's prophet? Yes. Give it out, Edith. Every one of God's Edith stands to your feet. You see me standing. Have faith in God. Come, ladies. You stand with the heart that will take you. Believe with all your heart. Amen. Do you believe? Yes. So 